You're listening to The Nature Photography Show. In this episode, I sit down with Kim Grant to discuss photography, creativity, business, and a little bit more. Well, hello, Kim. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. So I would venture to say anybody listening to this podcast will know right away that something is a little bit different because at least at least I love Scottish accents. So thank you very much for that, bringing that to us. You're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. And where are you right now? I am based in the sort of northeast of Scotland, in between Inverness and Aberdeen. So yes, a lovely area called Murray. That's where I, I stay at the moment. So yes. That's, um, I've actually been to Inverness and uh, where we were, went up through to Loch Ness and then Inverness and then down into Edinburgh. Um, so I was really close to where you're at right now, but not not exactly in that area. So that's that's a beautiful place. It's just a beautiful area. Yes. I mean, most people do the whole Inverness, Loch Ness, like you say, down to Edinburgh, and then you've got most of the West Coast and the Glencoe and stuff. A lot of people don't come to this part of Scotland, but it's so, so beautiful and relaxing and tranquil. And for me, it's an incredibly inspiring place for photography. It's not your stereotypical Scotland, but it's, right. it's uh, yeah, like I say, much more relaxed and 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 calming, which I, I love. And does uh, Moray, does it have part of the National Park in it as well? Did I see it that? Does. No, but we're very close to the Cairngorms National Park. So yes, it's only about a 50 minute drive from, from where I live. So very accessible. Oh, nice. Um, well, tell us about you and how you got started in photography. What what got you motivated to pick up the camera and what still keeps you motivated to do that? Yeah, so I got into photography when I was a teenager and um, really I used to go at the beach most, well, a number of times a week and I used to watch the, the sunset and I just kind of got to a stage where I wanted to build a deeper connection with that sunset and with nature and the most easiest way I think that I could think of doing that was to, to begin photography. You know, I wanted to start photographing these beautiful sunsets connected them more deeply, document it. And that's kind of where my, my journey began. And it's been a, an interesting, I guess, development over the past sort of 16, 17 years of, of uh, trying out different things and going to different places and different genres. And yeah, that's, um, I guess, what keeps me going with it is I just love being in nature. And I'm realizing that there's so many new and different ways of of um, connecting with nature and using your camera to do so. And a lot of creative ways as well, which I'm, I'm delving into more now. So I think it's just having a, a means and a way of, of um, getting me out the house, I guess, to, to connect with it. And yeah, I've just, I've never stopped loving photography since the day I began. It's a, it's a great way of, of connecting with nature, expressing yourself and, and being creative. Yeah, I would, I would say I've, I'm somewhat similar in that I grew up in a rural area in eastern Tennessee, which is near a national park, but I, I grew up without the camera. I just was out in the in nature all the time. So as mm -hmm. soon as I had a camera in my hand, it was like one of the first things that that I took a picture of is I ran outside and took a picture. I mean, it's terrible, of course, but uh, I took a picture outside of my house because nature is where I always wanted to be. So I always thought of a camera as a way to help me connect more with what I loved as a kid, especially. So, um, mm. yeah, that's, that's, that's an excellent reason to pick up a camera in the first place. 
Yeah, and I'm finding a lot of people that get into nature photography have a connection with it from childhood. It's like they love nature a lot um, yeah. growing up and then they they just naturally went into photography. And actually, you asked earlier if um, Murray's got the National Park in it. And I said no, but there is a, a rural part of Murray up at Glenlivet that's part of, of the Cairngorms. So um, it's nice, like I say, living so near the National Park. But one of the great things about Scotland compared to maybe other countries is to me I feel like the whole country is a national park so it's <laughs> it's nice to to be brought up in that but I myself went camping a lot when I was a, a teenager up to the Cairngorms itself and a child as well and um, connecting with that so yeah it's it's brilliant and like you say it's it's nice to have that connection I think from from a young age as well. Mm -hmm. Well I know I want to get back to Scotland at some point when when our plane landed my my camera broke so the at the point that we landed, that was it. There was no photography that I, I got to experience in in Scotland. So I I mean part of that is is good because I got to experience Scotland without worrying about cameras or anything. But I was just kind of getting started in it any anyway at that point. So I probably wouldn't have gotten much, but it would have been nice to have a few pictures. So I've got to get back to Scotland and try that again. So yes, uh, definitely. You've done your recce now. You kind of know where you like or, or where you've seen and what you maybe want yeah. to see more of. And and yeah, yeah, that'll be exciting for you when the time comes. So you have a website called Visualizing Scotland, um, and it's it's all based on workshops and photographic connections, podcast and mentorships. And I looked this morning and you're over 40,000 people on YouTube which is, uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, so tell us about all of those and, and what led you to, to decide to make this a business. Wow, there's a, a lot in that. Um, <laughs> I, guess, I guess my story is a bit funny in that I never intended to become self-employed and do photography professionally. Um, I began my my career as a, as a nurse. So I went to university, trained to be a nurse. I worked as a nurse for three years. Um, throughout that time, I was just you know always out doing photography. The moment I had a day off work and I wasn't too tired, because of course, nursing is an incredibly tiring profession. Awesome. The days when I wasn't tired, I would, um, you know, all I wanted to do was go out with my camera and um, experience nature. So I kind of went through this period of not knowing what to do with my life. And I did an internship with a conservation charity in Scotland, which was a nice way of getting skills and, and getting outdoors and potentially having a career change. But I realized very quickly it was incredibly competitive that you don't get much money at all. Not that money means anything, really, if you enjoy your job, but it was like the competitive nature. You had to do a lot of seasonal work before you could get anything um, permanent. You would constantly be moving around contracts. Um, in the beginning and it, it just kind of realized that it wasn't quite for me so when that ended just naturally my YouTube channel was starting to, to do quite well I started to, to trial doing some workshops um, I was very fortunate at the time that you know I had a partner who I was able to to live with to allow me to establish my business um, but yeah it was never like something I planned to do you know I never thought of business I never studied business it just kind of happened naturally and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it, if it wasn't for YouTube. So I'm kind of going through, a, I go through these transitions every few years, but I used to identify as, as Kim Grant photography. But as I was getting more into YouTube and doing, I did used to do quite a bit of tourism, promotional work and other things. I felt like photography wasn't like, I didn't want to box myself into just photography. And that's where Visualising Scotland was birthed because through that, I did a lot of tourism stuff, traveling around Scotland, 
some sort of influencer work, which looking back, I didn't really enjoy, but it was a way of earning money back then, um, mixing it with my photography and my video. My video. And now Visualising Scotland is pretty much just um, my workshops. That's kind of what I, I kind of brand myself under. But I am in a position right now where I'm considering whether to go back to Kim Grant Photography. It's a, it's a, it's a funny thing, I think. It's, um, I've never really felt comfortable kind of trading under my name. I don't really know why. Um, but equally, I, I'm starting to see Visualising Scotland as a box now as well, because it keeps me in Scotland. And as a part of me now that's yeah. got this little thing inside of me that wants to do a bit more travel and see more of the world which I never thought would happen but it's starting to happen so that's kind of where that came from um and photographic connections it was birthed three months ago um so I wanted to do something more kind of worldwide because of course all my workshops are in Scotland under visualizing Scotland and I wanted to find a way of actually bringing more um to my photography and more to other people's lives. So I started to, to piece together everything I've been through in my own personal life. Um, the fact that I used to be a nurse, you know, and well-being and, and health, and that's very important to me. Um, and trying to bring that together with photography. So Photographic Connections is a, is a new project that's still, um, I guess, sort of still evolving and, and growing at the moment. So I've got a weekly podcast where I speak to people, other photographers from around the world about their connection to photography and how it helps them connect to themselves, nature and others. And I also have an online community through Photographic Connections where we get together basically and we have weekly catch ups on Zoom. There's a monthly photography challenge people can take part in and they post their images on the Facebook group and I also do a monthly teaching webinar to the members as well in relation to the, the challenge to give them stuff to think about so it's not teaching photography but it's helping people to use photography as a means to understand themselves better improve their well-being um, and express themselves creatively and it's it's a fantastic I mean it's only three months old and it's it's I mean, so far, it, it's been amazing to connect people together and there's friendships forming in the group already, which I think is, is incredible. So, yeah. yeah, that's quite a long story, but there's a lot there. So I, I hope that that answers your question. <laughs> it, it does. And uh, it's through that podcast that I found you initially. I hadn't found you on YouTube until I saw that. The podcast came up and I listened to one of those or watched one of those. And then that's when I discovered your YouTube channel and then just kept watching and watching and looking at everything. And and uh, then I decided to reach out to see if I could get you on this show too. But, uh, you know, one thing that I saw through everything that you're talking about is that you're excited about what you do and you do a lot. It sounds like you're very busy in photography or doing things around around that aspect of your life and you just you seem so excited about it and it's infectious when you watch your youtube videos when you listen to the podcast having you right now on my podcast is i mean it's great it's it's nice mm -hmm. to see somebody so happy is is what it is or excited at least about photography and about what they do so oh thank you i mean thank it's you. been a process for me i think we all yeah. kind of go through that don't we and i think yeah. when i began photography i just kind of thought i had to do the traditional routes you know of commercial work and all that kind of stuff and prints and none of that ever worked for me so it's been a very pro big process i guess over the last six seven years of trying to actually work out who am i and what can i bring to the photography world that's really in alignment with me um and yeah, like I said, it's just been a process. But no, I do love what I do. A lot of people, you know, are like, gosh, you must be so busy. And there are times in the year where I am. But 
I think when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. You know, I love being out there filming videos. I love speaking to people like yourself. It's 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 great. You know, it's and there's so much variety. I think that's the key. I think for me, I'm not doing the same thing all the time. So it keeps things fresh and exciting. And I'm constantly meeting and speaking to new people, which I I love. You know, it's it's brilliant. With everything that you're doing in photography and you, you have a passion for photography and now it's a business. Do you see, is, is there any conflict between your passion and your business or do you see it all as one thing? How does that, do you reconcile that? I know for me, I, when I go take photos, I don't care about what people are going to look at on YouTube or cause I've got a little fledgling YouTube channel that I started and I go out to take photos. And if I get some video of that, that's great. Um, but I try not to let the business side of it or the YouTube side of it interfere with photography. So for you, do you, do you have an issue with the business and the, the creative side? Does that, do they fight each other? An interesting question because it, it fluctuates you know in the beginning it was completely for fun so there was no conflict then there was a period of time I went through starting to do this professionally and and realizing I needed to make a living out of it and trying things which meant that my love and cre my creative side of photography kind of was put a bit on the back burner because I was trying to work out what to do and mm -hmm. and how to, to make this into a into a living but I really feel in the last six months, something massive has shifted for me. I've There's been just a huge transformation in so many aspects of my life. But now I think starting Photographic Connections, it's also resulted in me slightly changing the content I create on YouTube. I feel like I I, I know now kind of maybe who I am and what I, I, I enjoy in my photography work. It's, it's very clear to me now. And I'm able to bring that passion together with with I don't know I don't like using the word business because I don't feel like I, I run a business it's just just kind of my work my my enjoyment you know um so I'm gonna get into a stage now of where well the last six months where I've just been enjoying everything because I think I think it, it, you have to go through that process and there's a lot of people who do things professionally there's, there's a famous quote isn't there where when you start doing something professionally you know you just you don't enjoy it anymore it takes right. the fun out people say we should always have hobbies you know, and, and sometimes making your hobby into a career doesn't always work out and doesn't give you that enjoyment. But I think you do get to a stage where you understand it, who you are better and, and it becomes easier. But of course, there's some months where I might have a number of projects on and things coming in and things. It takes away the fun because you're trying to write articles and make YouTube videos and do podcasts and do webinars. And it can, you know, there are times when it does get get a lot. Um, yeah. But Equally, I think that's a lot, le a lot less for me now than it used to be. There's much more of a balance now. Yeah, yeah. and I, I know for me, when I start getting worried about the business side of it, and you just start thinking about, uh, you know, your governments and your lawyers and and all of that, that that starts eating away at your creativity. I find that if I just get my camera and go, that that's usually all I need to to kind of wipe that away. So, um, mm. yeah, I, I could see I, I'm thrilled for you that you've managed to find a happy place to be and not even consider it a business. And I think that that all of us would be better if we could get to that point where we just realize that this is all part of it. Let's just enjoy ourselves. Let's go out. Let's find nature. Let's connect with it. Let's find people that that enjoy the same things we do and and just just have fun with it. Just be excited to be in nature and photography. And if you get if you get to do business part of it, then that's that's great, too. 
So yeah, I mean, some people love beautiful. the business part of it, don't they? But yeah. I guess we're we're all different. <laughs> <laughs> what are your favorite parts of doing this full time? So you you do this full time. So what are your favorite parts? Is it setting your own hours? Is it what is it that that you love about what you do? I mean, to be fair, it's most things. I think what I love the most <laughs> is being able to to create the life that I want to live. I think, you know, having been a nurse for three years and realizing what that did for my health, my well-being, my stress levels, my social life, my creative expression, you know, it, it sucks so much of that out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, now being able to do what I do, you know, as long as I'm organized enough, you know, I, I know if I have a few days of putting a lot of work in, I can take some time off. I'm, you know, it's, I love being able to do that balance and also to pick my hours because how I work, I, I really struggle with like a nine to five setup. I just, I can't do it. You know, there's some days where I have loads of energy and I will get so much work done and other days where I'm just, you know, I, I just want to rest. Um, so the norm, I think the work hours is a big thing for me because I'm quite happy, you know, going out during the day and living my life and then working all evening or sometimes I'll get up early and work in the morning and spend the rest of the day doing other things I think the work hours is is definitely the thing I think I, I enjoy the most about it and being able to try different things I think I've tried so many different things and been on so many different you know paths and projects since beginning to do this um as a living and it's always just that excitement of the next thing and what's coming up. And yeah, I think it's it's never knowing what opportunities may come your way. You know, are you going to get invited to something? Are you going to speak at something? It's, nice. I think that that's what I love the most, the spontaneity of it and, and the work hours. It's, it's, you know, it's really nice to always get someone else's perspective because that uncertainty would drive some people absolutely crazy. So, you know, mm. not knowing what's around the next corner, not knowing what you're going to get invited to, all that kind of stuff would drive some some people nuts. I, I'm sort of in between. I like some structure. I've got a day a day job Monday through Friday. And so I'm trying to to do the photography on the side. And, and those are at odds with each other pretty heavy. And for a lot of reason that you were talking about that the times that you would be most productive, you know, for me, I'm, I'm at a day job. So for you, that's the times you're most productive are the times that you get to be productive. And it's, um, you know, that sounds, sounds pretty amazing. So uh, it's exciting for me to see uh, what photography is doing for you and and the life that you have. And it's, it's great to see it. I, I see it on YouTube. It's infectious in your videos, all of your videos, you're, you're happy, you're smiling, you're just having fun doing what you do. And I, I love it. So oh, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, the uncertainty does get to me sometimes, you know, especially when you know you've got bills and that to pay, you do kind of worry, oh my gosh, what if no work comes in this month? Um, but I don't know, I just believe that life's got a way of working itself out. And I really deeply believe if we follow our passion and our our true kind of talents and, and gifts that I, I just feel things just seem to work out. Obviously you have hard times and things, but I try and look for the lessons in that and also see the opportunity and the fact that I just always think there's always options. You know, if work dries up, where else can you get work? You know, there's there's always options. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, it's it's for me back in 2020. So in 2019, I probably had the best year that I've ever had in photography. And I went from mm. that to zero dollars because of the the pandemic. And so yeah. I shut everything down. I had to close the business, you know, stuff that I'd worked for for years and years and years. And 
that could have been the end of it, but Mm -hmm. it's the passion, it's the love, it's the, that part of it that ended up bringing that back. So, you know, it takes a lot of effort on our parts as creatives to find work and, 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 you know, continue to do what we love. And for you being a full time, I can imagine there are times when you are worried about where that next, next job is coming from, but you keep looking and you keep at it and you find it or it finds you. And I, that's wonderful. It's great. Yeah. I think the key really is to have, um, to have different sources of income, you know, like, like there was a time where I was completely reliant on, on workshops. And if that had been the case during COVID, you know, I wouldn't have, you know, during the pandemic, I wouldn't have had any, any, I mean, we obviously they were, I don't know if you were the same with you guys, but we were lucky in that the government did give people some money, but you know, it's, it's like, I guess I'm at a stage now where, you know, I have a number of different streams of income and still not enough to take away that fear and that pressure. And like I say, some months you get more than others, like at YouTube, for instance, you never know if you're going to get a hundred pound one month or 500 pounds, you know, it fluctuates so much. Um, But yeah, I think that that's the, that's the key. I think is not to rely solely on workshops or solely on products or whatever you do. It's trying to find different streams and different ways of sharing your your passion and gifts with the world that's right yeah that that's what did it for me was everything was based on workshops so mm. when suddenly the world couldn't travel I, I didn't didn't make any money but again for me I have a day job so the the income didn't stop uh, the flow kept coming in but the photography side is what took the hit so yeah yeah but, did you um what was I going to say that did, so did, did out all of that was that what stemmed you to want to start YouTube and, and your podcast uh it is uh, the podcast I was doing at the time but I think once the business fell out I just you know I still went and I took photos and that was my passion and my love but I didn't worry about the podcast or or starting anything but I think it, it was part of when I decided all right that's time it's time to come back it's time to do this again, that I wanted to start the YouTube to try to, to build something, just as you said, just to, to have an extra source of income with it. And I find that I enjoy those videos quite a bit doing the videos because now I've got to turn around and explain what it is I'm looking at, which means I've got to know when I'm taking the photo, what it is about that photo that I love. And I've got to convey that to the people that are watching. And I I just love, I, I like that people see it. But I mm-hmm. love doing the video because for me, it's just an extra bit of creativity that I get to work with. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like I've got one that that's dropping today that was me in the middle of summer in Florida in the middle of the day trying to take a photo to show that you can get photos, you know, in the middle of the day. You don't have to be mm-hmm. back at your house. And that was painful. That was a very painful day. It was, uh, I think we had a feels like of 110 or so. I mean, it was miserable, but I still had a blast doing it. You know, physically mm-hmm. I was, I was miserable, but it was fun. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> Did we get off on a tangent? I can't tell. That's all good. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you know, I was looking at your photography mentorships. I want you to talk a little bit about those, but one phrase that stands out and I love it is it helps them find their voice through the art of photography. Can you mm. talk about that a little bit, your mentorships and and what that phrase yeah. means? So again, I'm, I'm revamping my mentorship just now. It was a kind of four month thing with the occasional people. Some people would book for a one off call. So I, I'm revamping that to, just now to make it more um, 
directed, I guess, towards helping people, like you say, find their voice. So basically photography and YouTube helped me find my voice. Before I began photography and YouTube, I didn't have a voice. Like literally, I didn't have a voice. Um, and I had a lot of issues with my throat in my late teens and early 20s because I didn't have a way of expressing myself. So photography and videography for me was how I, well, yeah, like I say, how I find my voice. So I guess because I have that experience with me through photography, it's about helping people, mentoring them, being that kind of companion with them through a journey of, at the time, whatever they wanted to learn. So some people would come to me because they just wanted a little bit of advice on, on their images, a little bit of hints and tips. And some people would come to me just as like a motivator, you know, somebody who they'd see every month and they would, we'd set them kind of monthly challenges that they could go out and, and do kind of directed towards things they wanted to work on. And obviously, you know, it gave them that accountability. So it was like, I was just, you know, I think there's a lot of um, research been done that actually having somebody like a mentor, a coach or, or, you know, anybody that can be there to give you that accountability, it really helps you actually and supports you and gives you that you know support and 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 because you know somebody's going to be kind of not checking up on you but you're going to be checking in with them again soon yeah. you want to ensure that you've done these things so I mean that's the thing with my mentorship but like so I'm shifting it a little bit just now I want to kind of help people on a more deeper level and connect it more with photographic connections so helping people to work out I guess what photography does for them so I'm finding a lot of people just now with health problems and mobility issues seem to be coming my way. And of course, they can't, you know, travel and hike and do a lot of things that we see often on YouTube. You know, people going to these iconic locations and hiking for hours and they're just looking for a way of, um, you know, using photography as a tool to give them that mindfulness time, to give them that connection to nature, to find ways that they can do photography when you know, like I say, mobility and whatnot isn't something that's that's easy for them. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do now with a mentorship and what I'm kind of repurposing it towards is giving people that individual help and that individual helping them, you know, to use photography as like a medium, I guess, to improve their their well-being and their creative expression. Yeah. Oh no, that all there's so much there that you said it's just absolutely wonderful. I like the accountability part. I know every year there's always people that do the 365 day challenge, and I know I tried that once. I made it about 15 days, so there mm -hmm. and that was about it. Um, I I have trouble with one a month just remembering to do that. So uh, mm -hmm. having the accountability partner, someone that you can call and talk to that can help you and motivate you and that accountability is is key. I think that's a, a great use of it. And then the bringing other people that have disabilities that can't travel. I saw that video that you did recently where you sat down in one spot for like an hour or something like that, 30 minutes or an hour. And the images that you got just sitting there, you know, you don't have to travel. You don't have to do all of that stuff to get great images like that. You just got to sit down and, and look around what you have. And I think that that's beautiful, being able to help people, mentor people and motivate people to, to create. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. I think it's I think I just realized that like so much of the content out there is is the same. You know, it's people like I say, traveling to iconic locations, to certain countries, to going on these epic adventures, which are great and fantastic to photograph and they have a wonderful experience. But the vast majority of people haven't got the time, the energy or the finances to do that. So it's like yeah. 
what can you do in your local area? And I've just moved back to where I was brought up in, you know, back to Murray. And it's because this area inspires me so much more than anywhere else. And I can just walk out the door into my garden and create an image. You know, it's, I just feel like it's, it's, it's nice to have somebody, I guess, that's maybe vocalizing this and, Mm -hmm. and trying to, to help those who don't have the, the opportunities to do those those epic things but then not everybody wants to travel either you know and, and go to these places either it's um yeah it's giving I guess a different take isn't it on the photography world and especially when it comes to landscape photography because landscape photography has been very much iconic locations certain weather certain moods for so many right. years but when you branch out into nature photography it's just the opportunities are endless All right. Well, we've talked a lot about photography, about mentorships, workshops, about your creativity, about your your time in Scotland and what got you motivated. So now we're going to shift and I'm going to ask about gear. What what kind of gear do you use? So um, I've always used Nikon cameras. So I've got the Nikon Z7 II, which is my main camera. I've also got the Nikon Z6, but I mostly use that for, for filming now. Um, and I've got got a range of lenses. So um, I use a macro lens a lot at the moment, the, the Nikkor Z 105 millimeter macro lens. And I love the 100 to 400 millimeter lens as well. I love zooming into nature and zooming into things and getting different perspectives. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much um, what I use. I do a, a broad mix of handheld and tripod images as well. I kind of go 50-50 on that. More handheld now, though. I think when, with technology advancing, especially with, you know, like Lightroom and stuff, allowing like noise reduction and things, you can get away with so much more handholding now than you ever could. So, um, yeah, that's that's my setup. So, yeah. And you just say it's always been Nikon. Was that your first camera that you had? That's yeah, uh, I've, never, I started... I've never used another brand. I I started with Nikon and it's just easier when you buy all those lenses to to stay with the same brand. Um, but I, I had a couple of year period where I swapped to Sony and I did that. It was uh, around the pandemic era and I, I had swapped to Sony and that was, I, I had no issues with the camera other than how it felt in my hands, but I went back to Nikon just because of the familiarity and I still had some lenses and, mm. um, I, I've always loved Nikon. I'm more of the the mindset now that it really doesn't matter what kind of gear you have. You know, it doesn't matter if you've got Nikon or Canon or Sony or Fuji or Olympus. Um, and even to the extent that some of the lenses don't really matter anymore. They're so good these days. The F4 lenses, the 5.6, I've got that 100 to 400 too. And it's an amazing lens for landscape photography. And you can do some wildlife, of course, with it. But for landscape, it is stellar. It's amazing Mm -hmm. lens. Yeah. I mean, I personally have never actually really been into gear. I'm not a technically minded photographer. I'm much more of a creative photographer. And I always advocate you can get good images. You know, some of my favorite images I've ever taken was on a beginner's DSLR. You know, it's it's about the person behind the camera, not the camera you've got. So yeah, I've never understood all these kind of brand wars and my camera's <laughs> better than yours because it's like, yeah, of course, some of the specs are better and some cameras and lenses are best suited for certain types of photography. But, you know, it's it's what you do with it at the end of the day. It's what, what you're drawn to, what you want to create, not about, you know, how much your gear's worth or what brand's in your hand. Right. Now, I've always said that if you took two images with two different cameras, you printed them out and put them on the wall. Nobody would be able to tell you which camera took which image. 
and yeah. that that alone in and of itself should should set the the tone but it doesn't now me i'm i'm opposite of you i i was i'm very technically minded because that's that's sort of the nature of the job that i do i work for a nuclear power plant and so everything is technical in my head it's just the way everything rolls and the creativity uh, what i when i started i just wanted technically correct images because i knew mm -hmm. i could get that right and then I mm -hmm. left out the creative side of it and, and just technical, technical, technical. Yeah, they look great. Uh, you know, the technically look great, but creativity was out the window. And so that's been a fight for me is the creative fight and the shift from gear, from the technical to realize that I need as much creativity, if not more than I need on the technical side of things. Mm -hmm. And I call it the Jekyll and Hyde photographer, where you've got one side that's all technical, one side that's creative. You actually need both as a whole mm -hmm. to be good at photography. Um, so it's easy to do technical because it's all it's all on paper. Mm -hmm. yeah. The creative yeah. side, you've really got to work for. Some people really have to work for. I have to work for the creative side quite a bit. You know, I've got, I started with understanding the rules and the, the guidelines and all of that. And I realized that, if you're just following those same patterns, that you're just making creativity technical now. So, you know, that for me is, has been a long struggle. So it, it's awesome to hear someone that is creative just by nature. I think that that's fantastic. And then you just found, found a way to use the gear, use the photography to show your creative vision. That's, that's the better way of seeing, I think. Yeah, I think it's nice because we're all different. And I think a lot yeah. of people are very technically minded in the photography world. But equally, I'm finding there's more and more creative people getting involved and more and more people getting more involved with the creative aspect. And yeah, it's just always been funny for me because when I began, I just naturally seemed to know, you know, the composition techniques that work well. You know, it just sort of naturally came to me. And then obviously I did a bit of reading about it, but it was like I naturally kind of knew that what looked good and what didn't look good. And then settings for me took quite a while to learn because I couldn't get my head around numbers. I'm not good with numbers. Um, <laughs> But actually how I learned was I just kept taking images with different f-stops and different shutter speeds. And yeah. it was actually the visuals that actually helped me learn the technical part of it. It wasn't actually learning the technical part and going out. So, yeah, nice. we all learn differently and we all see something different in it, which I think is, yeah, the beauty of it, I guess. Right. And as a, as a work, workshop leader, you, you've got to recognize the individual person may be different than you and being able to teach them in a way that uh, that they can understand. So there's that's one reason why I love doing workshops is because you meet so many different people with different ideas and concepts, different ways of learning, and you've got to adapt to all of that. And I, I find it extremely fun. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's nice as well because you learn a lot from your participants and your that's clients right. as well. That's kind of you know what I find. And I love it because I'm not the sort of photographer that takes people into a location and has everybody lined up taking the same image and stuff like that. You know, we go to the location and everybody's given the opportunity to go and photograph what they want to photograph. And I work my way around them all individually and answer any questions they have or make suggestions. And yeah, it's nice. And at the end of the workshop, the amount of different images people have taken in the same locations and people yeah. will leave going, oh, I saw that, but didn't think to photograph it. And it's 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 nice because it's a shared collective experience, isn't it? And it's, um, yeah, we all learn from each other. Yeah, that's so what what do you have coming up? What is next for you and, and what you're doing? Uh, 
I guess just more honing into photographic connections. Um, like I said, it's quite a new project. So continuing with the podcast, continuing with my YouTube, making sure my message is getting very clear. I'm in the process of redoing my websites and stuff as well. And I guess just seeing what opportunities come my way. I've got a few workshops in, in the autumn, which is, um, you know, usually the case. And yeah, just 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 see what what comes of it. There's yeah, it's it's exciting. I kind of hope, kind of moving forwards, that there'll be more opportunity to get to invited to things and and do things. And um, but yeah, that's kind of me just now. Just keep going with photographic connections and YouTube, and because that's the things I enjoy the most. And yeah, right. prepare for my workshops in the autumn. Yeah. All right. Well, Kim, thank you very much for coming on and and allowing the listeners to meet you and allowing me to meet you virtually. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. So thank you very much for everything that uh, you have. I'll make sure that we get that in the show notes so that everybody can have nice links to, to everything that you're doing right now. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thanks for inviting me. It's been, it's been a pleasure to, to speak with you today. All right. Well, folks, that is the end of this episode. And as always, grab your camera, get off the couch, escape, explore, and create.